From being a corporate attorney to becoming a trainer and speaker discussing diversity and inclusion, Sajel Thacker shares her entrepreneurial journey and the challenges she's faced. My favorite thing that she said was, being open to each other and listening to each other's perspectives and then making a commitment that even if we see things the same way or there's a disagreement, we are still going to treat each other with dignity and respect. You'll want to stay tuned for this insightful conversation. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the amazing Sajel Thacker. Welcome to the show, Sajel. I know we're laughing already. Isn't this awesome? Thank you, Thank you so much. You know, we're, we're having a, I know this is going to be a fantastic conversation today. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, thank you. And just got to give a shout out to Joe Bogdan because he introduced us and he said, I think you guys are, you know, definitely kindred spirits and he was spot on. So, so glad that he took the chance to introduce us. Yeah, absolutely. He's amazing. He's such a great connector. Yeah, really is. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Sajel Thacker is not your average employment law attorney. She has more than 15 years experience advising clients, human resource personnel, and legal counsel regarding sound, standard employment practices, uncovered a need, a personal passion for bringing more proactive, relevant, and impactful workplace training programs to her clients and her teams. Her highly experiential customized workshops tailored to executives, managers, and individuals, contributors, bring the courtroom to the training room in an interactive, engaging environment that favors human stories over compliance checklists. She continues to provide legal counsel, including investigations regarding harassment, discrimination, bullying, retaliation, misconduct, and other topics with that same passion. No matter what the context, her passion for helping clients understand the value of more harmonious workplaces and the path to getting there is always front and center. You can find out more on information on her website at trainextra.com. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. So, wow, Sajel, we've had so much fun already <laughs> in the few minutes before we jumped on here. So I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Sounds good. Well, they, they, they say that three times is a charm, right? The right, right. Time is a, so we're, we're going to get this right. Um, yes. No, I, you know, I love that question. I think investing in people is all about, you know, when you talk about from an organizational perspective, it's about creating a comprehensive sort of holistic process for helping to develop an, or create an environment where the people that you have, you can maximize the potential of those people. And a lot of that really has to do uh, do with embracing diversity of the people that you have. And since every organization is different, you need to value diversity, not only from an institutional perspective, but also from helping people interpersonally, you know, understand and embrace it and value and understand how to navigate through some of the challenges that come up through the diversity. So I think you need to invest in people. There's no one size fits all solution, but kind of look at what you have and figure out how 
how you can level the playing field for all your employees so that they can be successful and productive. Mm, beautiful answer. Beautiful answer. And I love that you said two of uh, one of my two, two of my favorite talks, uh, topics, which is maximize potential and embracing diversity. So was there a time in your life that you were like, I know that I know that I know that I need to shift gears as an attorney, you were doing one thing and then you're like, you know what, I need to shift gears and do something else. Yeah. And this goes even before it goes back to even before I was an attorney, you know, um, I've always had a personal passion for advocating for social justice. You know, um, personally, I've gone through harassment and discrimination when I grew up. And so I, I know what it feels like to be that other person. And so as an attorney, when now I was actually on the other side, I was representing management who was being accused of harassing and discriminating against other people. I really got to see organizations and people from different perspectives. And so the passion for training kind of came up even before while I was an attorney. But I remember in law school when I was doing a, a summer clinic and I was helping sort of domestic violence Uh, victims get temporary restraining orders. And I remember there was this one case that I was working on and it was a woman. She had been, um, her husband had locked her out of their house. It was winter time. This is in Chicago. So you Mm -hmm. Brutal cold. Brutal. Yeah. And she had three kids. And I remembered working on this case and, you know, it wasn't an employment setting, but I just remember thinking, God, there's got to be more to life than this. Like what I'm doing right now, I, I want to help people and, and I can't do it in all different environments. And so I chose the work environment to be where I focused in on because it's a small enough environment where I can actually make a difference. But there's so many areas in life that I wish I could do more on. And so even right now, I honestly feel like I'm doing things that are outside of sort of what my you know, mission plan is for my business. I'm stepping outside of that and just advocating on areas like, you know, with the Black Lives Matter, civil rights movement, I'm out there advocating for that. And I'm out there advocating for just within my own community, you know, and trying to help other South Asians see that there's anti-Blackness there. So I'm, I'm kind of just out there wanting to, um, you know, marginalized groups of people, you know, whether it be disabled people, um, transgender people, um, just out there, there's so much work that needs to be done mm-hmm. in the world. And so I just try to use my voice to to do what I can to make, give voice to the people that are not being heard. And, and so the workplace is one of those areas that I love to do what I can. Mm. So I know that you talk on, and you just basically kind of said that too, but you really talk on diversity and inclusion. Is there, someone's, our listeners are listening to this and they're like, well, I hear those buzzwords, especially right now in today's uh, world, inclusion and diversity. Is there um, somewhere where they need to start? Is there books that need to be read? Is there workshops like that you do that need to, you know, is there tips that you need to to give them on where to start? Yeah. So like I said, when, when I talk about diversity, there's two different components to it, right? So there's one that organizational 
need to do, organizations need to do from an institutional standpoint. So meaning looking at the foundation of the organization, their policies, their procedures, um, making sure that they're not just doing only what the law requires, but really expanding the scope of focusing in on their culture of dignity and respect, right? So I do a lot of training for organizations that focus in on civility in the workplace. So, you know, and, and the way that I define diversity, it's just differences from each other. You know, we have different lived experiences. So the way that we look at the world is going to be different from each other. And, and so that we need some tools, some skills to help us when things get tough. You know, I mean, where, where you grew up and what you've been exposed to, it's going to be very different than what I have been. And so now if we're working together and we're working on a project and the conflict comes up or a disagreement comes up, we need to know how to resolve that. So from an organizational standpoint, looking at your culture and then coming up with a plan that's going to help the people and the diversity that you have present navigate through those differences. And then from an individual perspective, going back to kind of what your question is for, you know, the people that might be listening to this is really kind of looking at what what can I do in, in, in making sure that I address the challenges or the blind spots that I might have because of what I've got, what I've grown up with, right? They call it unconscious bias, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's just unconscious beliefs that we have because or preconceived notions because of our upbringing, because of the information that we've been exposed to. So it's completely normal, mm-hmm. but each one of us needs to do the work to realize that, look, there are these blind spots that I have. And, and, the, and the good news is once you start to do the work and there are tools that can help you get started on this, that once you start to do the work and you understand what your own preconceived notions are, then you can actually combat those or mitigate those from impacting the relationships that you have with people or the decisions that you're making. Right. So I think we all need to individually take some accountability for doing that work. And it's not about shame. It's not about judgment. It's not about canceling anybody or canceling, you know, culture. We're hearing that a lot. Mm. I don't look at it that way. You know, I, I really look at it as educating other people on why your lens is the way it is and why it's different from that other person. And so really kind of just being open to each other and, and, and listening to each other's perspectives and making a commitment that even if we don't see things the same way or there's a disagreement, that we're still going to continue to treat each other with dignity and respect. You know, and that's the commitment we all need to make individually. And then hopefully collectively, we can start to make a difference because I think we need to. And the time is now mm-hmm. with everything that's going on. I think, you know, um, it's the perfect storm was brewing, you know, and it, it's everything's happening. And, and, and I think that us being locked down, you know, because of COVID and this is the perfect time to embrace our own selves and do the work so that we can be better together. Hmm. I have the chills right now because I totally agree with you. What uh, we have went through in the last 10 months of 2020 is literally the um, epitome of opportunity, an opportunity to notice where our blind spots, like you said, are and really dive in and, um, you know, look at what we have as unconscious biases. I love that you brought that up because 
two things. One, you brought that up. Two, it's you also brought up being um, it's towards being disabled as well. It is not always about a race or religion or, you know, um, sexual preference. So I just want to kind of talk about the unconscious bias in my own life for a second growing up thinking about what homeless people are, right? And especially since a lot of my uh, audience is small business owners and veterans, unfortunately, I grew up in a culture, even though my dad was a veteran, it was like every homeless person you saw, it was, oh, they're a disabled veteran. Like you immediately kind of had that conversation, whether it was with my, I mean, my family had that conversation with me. And then it was um, the quote unquote, it's because they're crazy, you know, that type of thing. And, and I, that was just the one that's sticking out to me, as you said, disabled, I was like, Oh my gosh, we got to talk about this. So as an attorney over your course of your, your career, have you seen um, a lot of discrimination towards disabled veterans? You know, I've seen, I've seen discrimination against and, and that's why I defined it right at the beginning, because I didn't want to, when I said the word diversity, I didn't want people to think it was just about race or religion, right? Because it's yeah. not, it's really just differences. And yeah. there are, you know, the law provides certain protected categories because historically these are the marginalized groups that have faced a lot of discrimination and harassment. And so they took some extra measures to protect those groups of people. But like you mentioned, you know, we may Make these judgments about people based on very limited information and oftentimes it's wrong. So it's right. not that every right. single homeless person you see is going to be a disabled veteran, but because of what we've been exposed to, whether it be media, whether it be what your parents told you growing up, whether it's because the five, only five homeless people you've ever seen did happen to be veterans or maybe they were disabled. We make these automatic judgments, right? And, yeah. and it's our brain's way of literally processing tons of information that's constantly coming at us, you know? And so it's kind of like Siri, you know, Siri is helpful a lot of the time, but a lot of the times it messes it up too. And and so it's not reliable all the time, just like our brain. But also I think it's important to realize that people can be biased about anything, right? I think it's that word bias has been demonized over time. People think it's automatically, they think it's a bad thing, but bias could be positive or negative. And we need that instinct that our brain initial, that initial reaction it makes a lot of times we need that. So I think we need to normalize bias and and recognize that we all have it. It's a normal functioning of the way that our hardwiring is, but that there are we, because of the, you know, Harvard said that we, our brain process is close to like 11 million pieces of information per second through our five senses, right? So that means here we think we're walking around making these conscious, deliberate actions, but we're not. A majority of what we do, we're on autopilot, right? Yeah, and it's just, and so the error rate is extremely high. And so this means that you meet somebody and you're going to make a snap judgment about them and you're not going to even realize you're doing that. Right. So you think you're making deliberate choices, but only 50 or 60 pieces of that information is actually consciously processed. 
And so I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to educate everyone to say, look, it's normal that we do this, but there are sometimes it's not reliable and there are disadvantages to just relying on your bias. And so do the work to figure out what your own biases are, especially when you're dealing with people and it's going to have an impact on other people like discrimination or disadvantages, not hiring someone because you make a judgment about them because of the color of their skin or because of the color of their hair, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you, when you start doing the work, you start to see that there are over 200 different kinds of these biases. And a lot of them are just our natural tendencies to respond to certain situations. And so the other part of that too, is not only recognizing what they are, but also understanding that a lot of times it's unconscious to us, but it comes out in our words, in our actions to everybody else around us. And so it is going to impact other people. And so I, I, I like to tell, you know, I, I say this all the time, is that whether your bias is conscious or not, doesn't make a difference. The impact that it has on the people is the same. Yeah. Right. So it's in everybody's best interest to do the work individually to start to figure out kind of what these blind spots are for you so that you can maximize your full potential. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, this is why I love you. <laughs> this is so awesome. Uh, I love, love, love that answer. Um, because for, I'm just thinking about how, well, first of all, you talked about the brain and I love talking about the brain. Our brain literally processes things and puts it in compartments. Like, and then when she's talking about the unconscious bias, that's what it's naturally doing. That's what the brain is designed to do to allow us to process. And so, and again, like we both said at the same time, autopilot, that's how we run most of our life. And if you are unaware that you are even doing this or that your brain even does this, then you literally have no idea that that's how your brain works. So now it is time because of everything that's happened to bring that awareness to the forefront and go, okay, what is it that I believe? So I love that what Sajel just said, it's really about diving into yourself. So there we go, investing in yourself, right? And so you can make then a, a conscious decision uh, based on your actual facts and what are not facts, right? And so from a coaching perspective, I'm thinking of the question, do I know this to be true or could I making, am I making this up about this person? And again, we're using this person because instead of a group of people. Because right. I think that's where we've really gotten to uh, the problem with society is that we're taking like the, the five only disabled or the five only homeless people we know and we're automatically you know, category, categorizing them as a disabled vet. You know, the five um, African-American people we know, we're categorizing them in the same context. You know, it's, it's literally, literally every single thing that we think we know mm -hmm. is not necessarily true. That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean, if I go back to like where I started, right, talking about when I was bullied as a child, you know, and I, I, we were the only Indian family in an all Italian neighborhood. Right. And wow. I mean, and where did you was, grow up? I'm just interrupt. Where did you grow yeah, up? This was in Elmwood Park in it's a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. 
And in the Midwest, and this is now in the 70s, right? So late 70s, I was born in 74. So I grew up in this town. We're the only Indian. My parents came here. They had the full Indian accent, you know, the typical immigrant story. They own their own convenience stores and so forth. And it happened to be right across from the elementary school. So all the kids would go there, buy candy, and then remember that they're they're from somewhere else and then come take it out on me at school, right? Mm -hmm. And. And so it was horrible. But but the reason why I bring that up is that, you know, when I when I think about those children, right, they you know, I mean, look, they were kids. They were mean. They were bullies. I don't blame them, though, because they also were a product of their own environment. Right. I mean, as children, right. we don't see bias. I mean, we, we right. see other people as human beings. I mean, I know there's two schools of thought. Some people will say that children, even as early as like three months, will will see like who looks like me and who doesn't. And there's this like us versus them mentality that forms. But there's also the other the other school of thought, which which is that racism and any of these isms are learned behaviors that right. because of what we're exposed to. And so when I think of those kids, like, you know, making fun of the color of my skin and they would call me names and, and things like that, they were doing it because somebody was putting that information into their head that that person is different from us. And so we want to protect those that look similar to us, that remind us of us. And that person or her family is not from, not us. Right. So they would say things like, Go back to your country. Well, guess what? I was actually born in Chicago. So this is my country. Right, right. <laughs> but they associated my, the color of my skin mm-hmm. or my parents' access, accent or the way that we dress or the food that we ate. And they said, oh, that's different from us, right? Mm-hmm. So these are things that are learned and, and they can be unlearned. You know, and that's the reality is like the people get stuck in this like mentality that there's nothing that we can do about it when there is something we can all do about it. Right. And it starts with us. You know, so when I go to an organization and, you know, there's always these cynics in the trainings when I'm doing it, they're like, yeah, another training session. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's always people that come into it with a bias about the training itself. Right. right? And I look at them and and they're like, well, yeah, our culture is this. And I go, well, what are you doing about it? What are you doing to change the culture? Because the culture is made up of the people at the organization. So if you just want the culture to change, you also have to do something about it to contribute to creating that culture that you want, right? So if you're just going to sit there and complain about it, we can't do anything about it. Even if I train all your leaders, I train your HR, you've got the top-notch lawyers at your organization, unless we get you to be part of that solution, and this is what I tell leaders, you have to empower your employees to lead and to be a part of that solution. Because at the end of the day, right, we spend a lot of time at work. Mm, And so what do we all want? We all want to feel like the work that we're doing matters and that we contribute to the entire culture and the organization. So we need to empower employees to understand what are their goals? What is their purpose? What do we expect from them? We need to have them understand that, look, all of you matter. You're all valued. What your unique self brings to the table every single day is going to help our organization. And until organizations do that, and, and also not just that, but also getting them involved in being 
part of the decision-making mm-hmm. process, right? That's another piece. It's, it's like you can't create the kind of culture that all of these organizations are out there putting out these big, beautiful black boxes on LinkedIn. I see mm-hmm. where we're, we're going to do this. And I'm like, have you even asked your employees about what their part is in right. this entire, are you expressing, you know, are you, are you letting them know that they're a part of this? Cause otherwise it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I just want our listeners to understand what she, what she said in a nutshell. And it's not even, I'm not even going to summarize what she said. I want you to take it from my point of view is what she said is, Hey, I had an obstacle of being bullied when I was a child And she didn't let that stop her. As we're recording this today in the middle of October on a completely ironic world of the indigenous day, right? And she was told to go back to her country when technically anyone who was not born Native American should be going back to their country, right? And because she did not let that stop her, she went on to become an attorney, went on to not only become an attorney, but now she's impacting millions of what she's doing with her trainings and workshops because she invested in herself enough to not let that bullying stop her. And she completely twisted that around and she's so, she found her passion. And I wish you guys could see the, <laughs> the video because she is on fire. Okay. I'm telling you, she is on fire. And I love that. That's why I have these conversations to get people fired up about what they're passionate about. And clearly, Sajel, you are. And I love it. And so that brings me to my next question that's just popping into my head is, um, I know I can see that you're on purpose, like you are on purpose, you're in purpose, and it shines through. So what would you give to our listeners a piece of advice to say, hey, maybe you've gone through something? How can you take that and use it to find their purpose? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think that it's, it's so important to realize that we, you know, our, each of our journey is different and there are always going to be challenging situations. And honestly, I feel like my middle name should be resilient, right? Resiliency, because I've had to overcome so many tough situations, but I think what's important is, is if, if you go through life and you don't do the work to figure out kind of where you're going to be resilient and how you're going to intertwine sort of your every day, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis with your purpose until you take the time to really look deep inside and figure out, like for me, it happened when, when the bullying was going on. And when I found my house being teepeed and graffiti mm. on my house, wow. you know, and I started acting out because of it. Right. Sure, because sure. now I was angry and I, uh, the rage inside of me was starting to come out and, you know, I, I got suspended from school and I was getting into fights and I was just, you know, just lashing out. And I realized that this is, I got a decision to make here. I'm going to go down one of two paths. I'm going to either end up in jail, right. Yeah, or yeah. Ruin my, wreck my life, yeah. or I'm going to choose to go on the other side. And that's the thing is we have a choice. 
to be resilient. We can make a decision to how we react. We can't control everything that's going on. We cannot control it. And that's the thing is the reality is, is life is going to happen whether we're here or not. But while we're here, we can control our reaction to these things that are going to happen in our life. Like when COVID happened, I mean, you don't understand, like talk about like misalignment in my life because I mean, I had started my company and I finally went for it. I was like, I'm going to go do this thing that I'm super passionate about. And I put all my eggs into training in person mm-hmm. and that COVID happened. I lost like 95% of my business. I, I and then LinkedIn, and then the situation happened with LinkedIn where they restricted me from my account. And mm-hmm. so I had like no, no way to contact any of my connections. I was really running my business on LinkedIn. And so here's LinkedIn COVID comes first and then LinkedIn blocks me for a whole month from my account. And I'm like, do I, do I, do I speak up about this situation? Because I'm out there training people to speak up about what is going on in their work environments. And I'm telling them to speak up. And now here's a company like taking my entire business out of my, out of my hands. And do I start, you know, do I start my branding over from from scratch? Cause I built my entire virtual brand on LinkedIn, all my connections. I'm like, do I speak up about this or do I just sit back and let them steal basically from me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 or do I do what I'm out there preaching to everybody? Do I walk the talk or do I just, you know, and so talk about having to go deep inside and figure out like, what am I going to do with myself? Am I going to continue to follow my passion by doing what I, by doing what I'm telling people to do? And I did. And I, and I went and I, and I, I, you know, I, like I spent two weeks on creating a video about what they did and why it was unfair to me. And then I followed my passion. I'm back on LinkedIn, but it made me realize that like, it's not just enough for me to go out there and tell people what to do, but I need to be a role model and I need to show them that there is a proper way to, to, go about things. So when you feel that you're being challenged by whatever it is to control your reaction, but how are you going to overcome that and use whatever is going on to your advantage so that you can come out stronger rather than being a victim, whether it's being bullied, whether it's a company taking something from you, whether it's somebody harassing you or discriminating against you or whatever it is, because we're going to be thrown things in our life, but we need to overcome. And from pain, what I realized, and I know you get this too, is from our pain, you know, we can be stronger. Our pain can be used to really sort of drive us and, and, and dri- make us stronger. And I just, I, I, I'm like, you know what, bring it, bring it, throw the next thing at me. Cause I'm going to f- figure out a way to use the situation to help people in a different way coming out of this. Right. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I love that again, this is why we're kindred spirits because she was bullied. I was bullied. She acted out. I acted out. I became a bully. And I really see now how, you know, the, the, the phrase hurt people, hurt people is so true. And how when you then heal and come from a, pl- a different place where you've been empowered because you're living out your passion. And when you touched on pain, it takes me to pain turn your pain into purpose, which is what I do with my clients. And in this podcast is really, you know, transform your trauma into treasure. Right. And that's the, really the key point, the key component to all of this is really being allowing yourself space 
to really dive in, to figure it out, to, you know, not necessarily beat yourself up or blame or shame, you know, yourself or another person, but to really be able to like proactively, like, like Sajel just said, she proactively went back to LinkedIn and was like, Hey, I don't deserve to be locked out of my account right now. This is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. And, um, you know, take your voice back. And she did just that. And I hope that her story, because I know it inspires me, I hope it inspires you, the listener, to do the same thing. You know, find out where your pain point is and how you can then empower yourself in a way that allows you to go out and empower other people who's experienced that. Exactly. I think I think we, we we have sort of let so much go on behavior. It's become normal. We've tolerated as human beings because we needed a paycheck. Like when we go to work. Right. Yeah. We need the paycheck. We need to make pay the bills. And so we've let people kind of take away our power, you know, and we need to take that back. And, and I think we need to live our lives with more intention, like live, yes. live with more meaning and, and, and purpose behind it. And I think I, the best the best thing I could say say is always just don't beat yourself up too much if you're doing your best, right? I I feel like under any circumstances, if you can look in the mirror and say, I'm just doing my best, I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes, you know, but but when I make this decision, right, like when I'm making this particular decision right now, I want it to be a conscious decision. I don't want it to be an unconscious decision because of some bias or some blind spot that I might have. I'm going to make a conscious decision and I'm not going to get so attached to the outcome, right? right. I'm, going to, I'm going to do what I can right now to make the best decision consciously with deliberate intention and then do my best and then just know that the universe will will happen. And it's not to say everything's going to work out in the way that you want, because it doesn't, it's, it's right. not always going to be the case, but I think to get to your personal freedom, as I like to call it to my yeah. own personal freedom and like my true happiness and, and or peace of mind is, is knowing that I'm trying my best with, with what I have available to me. Right. If I had all the resources in the world and I'd fly to the moon and back, but I, what I have is what I have. And so I got to live in, 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 in the, in the, in, and I think we have the internet too. And I, I just have to say this for all the people listening to this is, you know, just because you're behind a computer screen doesn't mean you can't make meaningful connections with people, right? I mean, reach out to people for help, connect with people. I think a lot of people are are suffering like mentally right now and just, you know, dealing with, we've seen the statistics with depression and suicide and drug and alcohol. And and I think a lot of that is because people are feeling isolated and alone. And I think make meaningful connections. Like when you and I spoke, you know, I actually just thought, I thought about you um, after our first conversation, because I got a text message from one of my um, at one of the first law firms I worked at with uh, with an attorney. He was younger than me. He was actually three years younger than me. And I got a text message from his wife saying that her husband, that my colleague, my the person I worked with, her husband had passed away oh. from cancer from because uh, he lost this battle to cancer. Mm-hmm. And I had exchanged several messages with him about how we were going to get together with COVID. But it made me think of you because I remember during our conversation, you mentioned that you recently lost your brother. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, and, and I bring these examples up because I think it's so important for us to make those meaningful connections with people and check in on people right yes. now. Yes. 
We need to support each other, no matter what, you know, I'm so sick of people saying we're all going through the same thing. We're not. Every single one of us is going through different challenges, but we need to support each other. And sometimes just a phone call or a text message to say, hey, just checking in on you. I love you. Is everything okay? That could save somebody from from some harm that we don't, you know, we don't want to see any more tragedies than we're already seeing, you know, so... Mm, I totally agree. And I'm going to make that into a challenge for my listeners. (laughs) I don't do that. But for some reason, I just feel like this needs to be a homework assignment for everyone who's listening to this right now. I just want you to take 30 seconds to be really quiet. Um, And if you're driving, obviously, don't close your eyes. But if you're listening to it and you can close your eyes, close your eyes. And I want you to think of a person that you haven't talked to in a long time and you know that you want to reach out to them. It could be someone that you are related to. It can be someone that you used to work with. I just have this, it's just coming to me that you need to reach out to them and just say exactly what Sajel said. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. How are you doing? You just, whoever comes to mind to check in on, I hope I am challenging you to do that. And then, you know, email me or email Sajel or tag us in a post on social media and let us know. How did it go? What did you say? You know, what connection came out of it? Uh, Maybe nothing came out of it. And maybe you'll find out what came out of it, you know, six months from now, because sometimes it's just the little things that make the big impact. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Seriously, no, but it, that's right on point. I think we, we, we really need to, this is not the time for silence. I think we need to speak with love. All of us need to just really go inside and remember that there are more things that we all have in common than our differences. And I think there's so much being done right now. I'm intentionally working with so many people that are out there trying to make a difference in, you know, in, in, in help organizations but just in our communities. But I really think that if we could just all do little things like what you just did and that challenge, you know, this morning I woke up and I felt very grateful for my life. And that's the way that I've been surviving this craziness that we're going through is gratitude. And I put on LinkedIn, I, I just posted it something and I said, you know what? I'm grateful today for being able to have these connections with all of you today and spark these, you know, spark humanity in whichever way I can stop scrolling and just write down what you're grateful for. And it doesn't matter if one person writes something or a hundred people write something. That's not the reason why, but maybe somebody that's scrolling down that will take a look at that and say, let me stop and think, what am I grateful for today? Mm-hmm. And maybe this is going to change the course of their entire day because I put this out there. And if we all start putting these little kind of things out there, kindness and love, and we really just help each other, you know, I think we can do this. This is the perfect, I feel like we're at a tipping point. And, and I would love to, and I'm, I'm a, always going to be that optimist and that believer that deep down inside, we're all good people. And let's, let's, you know, let's shine that light. As I, I read, I'm, I'm hooked on this quote by Melinda Gates right now. You know, it's that each of us have a light of, inside of us. And if we can just shine that light, then you shine. But all together, the world is going to shine together. Right. And so let's take accountability for ourselves and, let, and let's do something about it. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I want um, just to say what bounce off what she said. So uh, if you follow me on Facebook, if you're friends with me on Facebook, years ago, I started this thankful Thursday. 
So instead of people th- putting your throwback Thursday pictures, I was like, I mean, those are great. Don't get me wrong. Those are fun. But I thought, what if we did thankful Thursday? So on Thursdays, I always ask, what are you thankful for today? And to some days there's 10 people, some days there's 35, some days there's 40. And it's just, just gives your, as you're scrolling through just a moment to think, huh, what is, what is that? And then on Tuesdays, I, I belong to a lot of um, like uh, weight builders or uh, bodybuilders and weightlifters uh, groups. And they always have transformation Tuesdays. Again, it's a before and after picture. So I always think, you know what? Let's take that a one step further. And I say, it's tell me something good Tuesday. So tell me something good that's happened. And, you know, with all of the things, because there's so many things right now, is the perfect chance to literally just stop and think, what's one thing? And I can tell you that at least 40 people last week uh, answered and probably three to five of those said, I woke up today. And that's all it takes is that you can just be today was a good day because I woke up and you might have to remind yourself that a hundred times that day because of everything that's happening, everything that's going on around you. And yet that's all you need is just to remember that, that today's a good day because you woke up. So, wow, wow, wow. What a beautiful, powerful conversation we've had today, Sajel. It's Always, always an honor to talk to you. Always so much fun. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate this opportunity. And I knew the first time we talked, I'm like, all right, I just got another ally on my side. And, you know, there, there are certain people you just you talk to one time and you know that this person's going to be there. Right. And you were one of those people for sure. Uh, same here. Same here. And um, I would love to have other people connect with you. So please tell us, you know, where are you at social media wise? And you're, please uh, spell out your website again for us. Absolutely. Um, my website is Train Extra. It's www.trainxtra.com. And the only social media website I'm on now, I am on LinkedIn. And so please connect with me on there or follow me on LinkedIn. I am, I really believe in sharing good information just because right now there's so much information that's, you don't know what to believe, what's facts and what's not. And so I think it's important to get good information. And so when it deals with anything about culture or civility, diversity or inclusion, any of the work that I'm doing, whenever I find a good article or good resources that would help a small business or business owners or corporations or leaders, or even people just on unconscious bias and all of that stuff, I'm always putting out resources. And I always say, excellent resource alert, right? And I put it out there because I really think it's about us helping each other and sharing information. So those would be the best ways to get a hold of me. And of course, if anybody ever wants to contact me by email, it's just sajel at trainextra.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll have her website, train extra. That's extra without the E.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have that in the show notes for sure. And um, gosh, Sajel, again, I can't wait to have you back on. <laughs> we'll definitely have to do this again. So um, I always like to leave with this question, even though I don't want to leave, but we, time was running out. Um, what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? 
It's simple. It's gratitude. I am literally, I, I can't tell you, I, I, whenever I start to feel, because a lot of things are outside of our control right now. Like I said, there's so much misinformation that literally I've had to draw my own boundaries, like getting off of the others. I was on Facebook. I was on Instagram. I was on Twitter and I watched that movie, Social Dilemma. And I decided, you know what? I am off. I, I and, and not just that for, but for my mental sanity sure. with everything going on, I have drawn my own boundaries. And, and I will tell you that, you know, gratitude has gotten me through my whole life. And, and I mean, I do that in the morning. I, I just, whenever I start feeling misalignment, you know, inside, I just stop and I literally just start making, start counting. I'm grateful for my son. I'm grateful for uh, my health. I'm grateful. And sometimes it takes me counting up to 80. Sometimes it takes me to count up to 30. Sometimes I get to 10 and I start to feel the chemicals start to release in your brain and you start feeling this positive shift happening in your body. But that's what I'm going to leave everybody with is when you're in those situations and I know that a lot of people are suffering and struggling and going through hard times right now with whatever it looks like just get back to practicing gratitude Mm -hmm. absolutely and I completely 110% agree with you that's where I start every day myself as a thank you letter to God universe whatever you want to call it I call it God but that's what I do every day I start a thank you letter so thank you so thank you Sajel for being here And um, I can't wait to have you on again. Thank you so much. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.